Welcome to De-Stress Your Business, the podcast where we show you how to get incredible results in your business without constant stress. I'm Alexis Kingsbury, a serial entrepreneur and founder of Air Manual, uh, and I'm joined by my co-founder and co-host, Paddy Van. Good morning, Paddy. Good morning. Good morning. So this morning, we're going to be talking about checklists and uh, uh, how to create ones that actually that the team really love. Um, let's start with um, why that's important. When should we be using checklists? Uh, good, good question. Uh, what's the answer? So when you do use checklists, well, basically for any kind of guidance that you want to give your team, the checklist should be your, your starting point. And we've covered this, covered this in other episodes, but uh, we're talking about any kind of task, um, any kind of task that you want to be able to delegate, that you want people to be able to proctively find out how they're going to do, uh, anything from sending an invoice or doing a demo or um, I'm giving the same examples on every episode. I need to come up with some new ones. Uh, so doing uh, reviews, um, uh, repurposing podcasts, still coming up with the same ones. Um, but yeah, you get the idea. Any task in the uh, in, in the business can be captured as a uh, checklist, but it's not just those tasks, those SOPs. Um, so SOPs being sta uh, standard operating procedures, uh, which are essentially the same thing. Um, it's also the training um, and your onboarding can also be checklists. And um, obviously not a in-person training, but a lot of your training can be self-service. And this is, uh, in, in today's world, particularly with everyone working uh, remotely and being agile, having uh, checklist-based training that they can do as and when they need it is fantastic. Um, there are going to be times where you need in-person coaching and so on, but for a lot of training, it can be done that way. And we would go further on onboarding and say that your onboarding should be um, self-service. Mm -hmm. It allows you to bring in new team members at any point in the year. Um, it allows them to go at their own pace. It allows them to work uh, at their own uh, speed. We've, we've found that, you know, it's, it's known that people have different ways of, of learning. Some need to go um, really deep into each area. Other people are happy to skin and come back. And it, it yeah. allows them to do that. So, yeah, we use checklists for um, pretty much everything we want to do uh, in terms of delegating and let people um, follow those those steps. And it's so important because checklists are just way, way, way more effective than the alternative of just giving a kind of a guidance document um, that they could read through. Yeah, completely. And I think it's interesting. Um, yeah, I'm currently, uh, as, as you know, Paddy, like, I'm currently on a, uh, essentially a business retreat with a load of other business owners. Um, and I've been uh, helping them you know, tackle some of their biggest issues. What's really interesting is that uh, there's a risk or a temptation of business owners and leaders generally to see documentation and creation of checklists, SOPs, etc. as a... Um, uh, as, as a sort of, oh, well, that, you know, that's not strategic. <clears throat> as a result, it's a tactical thing. As a result, I, you know, I shouldn't be doing that. I need to be delegating that or, you know, someone else should be doing that. I'll, I'll get my PA to do it or maybe, <clears throat> or maybe an ops person or whatever. And I think the mistake is that um, they actually lose a lot of power from doing that, right? Because as you just described, there are so many things that it's useful for uh, to be turning into checklists, including things like tasks you want to delegate. And if you're a business owner or a leader, you need to be handing over things that you're doing. 
and uh, to which you know you need to be delegating. You need to be getting those things across uh, to other people. And I think it's it's funny that uh, the temptation of the the business leader to think. Uh, oh, well, you know, structure, I'll, I'll give that to someone else, actually disempowers them to be able to free up their time, to be able to get consistent results from their team, to be able to grow their team and onboard them and train them, as you say, in a way that doesn't derail the team and, and slow it down when things are busy, which is exactly when you're needing to hire. And I think it's it's funny that this becomes a tact, uh, you know, it's seen as a tactical area, but actually is so useful as a tool in the mm. same way as you know we don't delegate something like exercise to other people and say oh well you know that's that's a doing thing so i'll have other people do that like that's a thing that is useful for you um not just for physical but for mental energy and so on and so i think it's it, people need to understand that it, it is a tool you can use to help you get better more consistent results and particularly uh, from uh, from others and, and for your team, yeah. right? Completely agree. The, the, the bit that you got there, I love it. It's a personal uh, tool as much as uh, something. It's not something that you can delegate all the way down. If you are trying to delegate your own tasks, which as a business leader is something you need to do, this is a skill that you need in your tool belt because it is the most... Uh, the quickest and most effective way to get something documented in a form that you can then um, then, then hand over. Um, yeah. Something I'll, I'll add is often when you think about documenting, you're going to go, okay, I, I need to hand over this task. And we, we covered yesterday the, the instinct. So I'll just do it in a meeting because I, I can say everything I need to and, and so on. And we say, no, the, the person you're delegating to needs something to refer to later. When we think about documentation, we often have the wrong concepts in our head about what that documentation should be. Mm. And uh, it's, it's not just for delegating a task. It's, it's, it's the same problem that people have when they think about how to document their com company or team or widely. And they think about documentation essentially like they're building a company encyclopedia. Yeah. Uh, and why? Well, I mean, they've literally got a wiki and a wiki, what do you use it for? Wikipedia. So it's, yeah. a, it's a company encyclopedia. So we'll have a page on every little subject that might be useful. And it's a beautiful concept, but it's like, unless you've got tens of millions of pounds to fund this thing to keep it up to date, because basically anything you write in it is going to go out of date within 10 minutes. It's, it's, uh, it's a fool's errand. It's, it's not what you need. Instead of an encyclopedia, you need a manual, a tactical uh, way of going in and finding how to do specific tasks. And when you change that metaphor from I'm creating long kind of long form documents to I'm creating a, a manual and it's a, a series of, of checklists that allow people to perform uh, individual tasks, then you've got a something on your tool belt as a leader, as anyone in the organization, where you can create something which is really um, uh, valuable and useful immediately to the rest of the company and which doesn't go into... Uh, you know, the encyclopedia area of, of documenting the entire history for every decision that's led up to that point. It's just the useful stuff. Um, and it's yeah, love that. In fact, and, and in fact, it reminds me, you know, uh, yeah, no, I, uh, love, I love that. And I think, it, it, you know, it reminds me of, I was talking to a business owner last night who, it was really interesting, is <laughs> was, was basically sharing um, sequentially all the things, like all the barriers in his head to doing this stuff. It was kind of like a, Alexis, I know I need to do this stuff. Um, 
but here's here's what's holding me back. And it was really interesting. I literally ended up like chatting, writing it down with him and so on. And um, there were various ones, but one of the one like uh, pointed to that point around thinking you need to create your encyclopedia was he said, I feel like I just need to get it all done and then it'll be easier to maintain. And by getting it all done, he literally meant like create the encyclopedia of the business mm -hmm. and then I'll maintain it. Right. And so mm -hmm. then it's like, well, if you get it, it, it's a little bit like, yeah, you, if you need to lose weight, we'll just get all of that done in a week. Like we'll do all the extra rather, rather than let's have a personal trainer, you know, meeting like once a week and uh, you know, seven minutes of exercise every morning. And so we'll just get it all done. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do like years worth of exercise in one week. That'll get the weight down and then it'll be easy to keep off. Right. And so I think um, that that mentality, that mindset shift needs to happen to instead rather than try and create the, the encyclopedia for the whole business it's about creating a checklist for specific things that need to be addressed and, and move over so i absolutely love that so let's say um let's say that we've got a uh, business owner who's going right yeah i'm currently spending too much time in the business you know, I'm doing admin, I'm sending invoices, I'm uh, doing quotes, I'm uh, perhaps uh, whether it's having sales conversations. There's a variety of things that they might be doing in the business. And we'll pick that as an area rather than go down the training and onboarding route, which we could. But let's say that they're doing that. What are the most important bits to get right when creating a great checklist? Because we've, we've both seen it that it's not an automatic thing to suddenly create something that is easy for other people to follow and uh, and therefore use consistently and to uh, improve and and make changes to and all these sorts of things. So, what are the most important things to for them to get uh, to get right? Yeah, you're you're, you're right there. It's the, the steps we're going to describe. It, it, they're not at all complicated, mm. but they're so easy to get wrong uh, if you're not in the habit of doing this. If you haven't done it, uh, you know, a hundred times before, or even a few times before. Once you've seen it, you go. Oh, and, and it changes any anything. I, I, I was the same um, talking to a, an, a, another uh, business leader that uh, uh, when was it uh, last, last week, and they went from just being kind of everything we've done in documentation isn't working, and then something something clicked in one of the conversations, and they started using checklists and started getting some of these bits right, and it's just like, oh my goodness, this this solves this solves what was previously insurmountable and it's really simple things so the first one it's that title it's the title of your document and it's the one where every time that we watch uh, you know a new lead coming in and talking to us and, and and trying to do it for the first time even when they've had the guidance their, their natural instinct is to name the document about the subject which the document is about and so you have a document which is called invoices or uh, architecture or podcast or whatever and yeah there's unfortunately or, or like, even sales process right like you know yeah, and, and, and it feels like well what's wrong with that like i'm creating i'm essentially creating checklists that relate to my sales process therefore why can't i just call this sales process well yeah and of course there's there's a number of reasons it's like okay let, let's say you've got one called uh podcast or or sales process um if i've got that What's in that document? Like, mm. Honestly, like, for podcasts, yeah. it could be podcast, yeah. uh, about our podcast, someone else's podcast. It could be about creating the podcast or repurposing the podcast. It could be for the people, uh, me and Alex, who are on the podcast about what we need to do. Or it could be something which is for um, the team who are repurposing and, and publishing it afterwards. 
you, you're left clueless. And with sales process, it's like sales process, uh, unless you, you know that literally covers the end to end thing and someone can go in and, and find it, but it's difficult. It's again, it's not clear who it's for exactly what they're going to find in it and if they need to do a specific um kind of part of that that process then they're going to struggle to find that document yeah and so the you know how, so do, you, how do you turn that around yeah mm. how do you turn around is is you need to be thinking about the task that you are going to be writing a checklist for and so it's not podcast it's um plan the next pet podcast episode or repurpose the podcast and suddenly for me, you know, planning the podcast episode, that's a task that I do. Alexis knows he doesn't need to worry about it. I know exactly where I need to go for the document. I know exactly what needs to go, you know, the, the steps that are involved in planning. And so you've suddenly got this very clear scope of what's in there. Uh, it makes it really easy for the right person to find. It makes it really easy for the uh, to then work out what you need to put in that document. Mm -hmm. If you have this kind of this broad scope, then you, you literally, you just go, Oh, maybe this should be in here as well. Maybe this should be in here as well, and it becomes, it becomes your encyclopedia. Mm -hmm. um, and so instead, yeah, it becomes uh, easy to create, easy to find, and then easy to to use because it's so so focused. That title is probably the biggest, uh, mis uh, most common mistake we see from the start, and probably the most important step to get right because it makes all the other steps much much easier. Yeah, completely agree. And yeah, making it make it action orientated, make it clear what's the outcome that you want. As I say, like it makes it so much easier to create as well as find and follow and and so on. Uh, and of course, I'd welcome um, uh, I'd welcome people if if you want to practice this because this is a this is a skill that um, you know it's a little bit like I was thinking this whole area it's a little bit like time management. You know, it's a it's a tool that you use. And that you want your team to be able to to use to be able to free up their time and uh, or improve the quality of what's being done and get people at speed and so on, and so um, it's a, a skill and it's a muscle you need to build. So post in the uh, the comments below or send us a message with what are some of the titles of the documents that you're creating or you feel like you need to create. We'll happily provide feedback on like okay, here's how you can make that even more useful to you because once you've cracked it, it's then easy. But it's the the uh, the understanding of why it matters and the nuance that's the complex thing that's taken us literally years to get to <laughs> so um so that's awesome so okay so let's say we've got our action oriented title so rather than podcast instead it's uh, prepare for next podcast uh, what's uh, what's next uh, most important well then we need to list out the the steps that are involved in that checklist and so you want to you know, get them out of your brain what are all the end-to-end -end steps to do that and because we've got this clear title and scope that becomes much 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 easier mm. um, but you may still have quite a long list um, the really important thing here is that each step also needs to be action oriented um, it's so common that we help people with the title and they go yeah okay it's gonna be publish your podcast and then um the 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 first uh step says youtube You're like, <laughs> yeah what what does youtube mean does it mean signing up to youtube does it mean logging in posting to youtube does it mean looking on your phone I, I i don't know and it's like to them it's just like well you have to post to youtube so i'll put the word youtube there and then you have to and it's like no, no 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 make it super clear describe the action mm. if it's posting uh, to YouTube, um, then put that. If it's posting a short video like YouTube Shorts, then 
like post your YouTube shorts. Uh, sometimes you might realize, oh yeah, actually there's two steps there, not just mm. the one YouTube thing. You might identify actually there's three or four that I should bring to that top level to make it really clear what's um, what's going on. So same as the action-oriented title, the steps then need to be um, just as clear. So you can follow it as you would if you were to um, imagine the the manual for how to fix something in your car. You need each of those steps to be really clear and it'll be the you know that the title of that step in bold writing it's that bit that you want to make sure is clear every time yeah i love that and uh you know again it's an area that has taken a long time for us to get to the point of really understanding and and uh you know why this is important and so on but i remember you know back when i was a management consultant doing processes for big companies and mapping it out the um the the phrase that we were coming taught was verb noun so the doing word and then the object so rather than uh, invoices which would just be a noun instead it's send an invoice so it's like the verb being sending and then the noun being the invoice i find i always find that useful so like like for example as youtube doesn't tell you anything whereas as if it's post being the verb and like a video on youtube and given that context is valuable but i love that point around um it makes it easier for you to realize oh actually this is then two steps on these breaking out and also it helps you think about the transition because you're thinking about like okay i've posted a video on youtube like you're then thinking well that's where i am now and therefore if the next step is like post the long video on uh you know another platform post it here whatever and then later on you're like post a short on youtube it's like well actually would it make more sense for me to do that while i'm still at youtube like and so it helps you even create efficiencies in your process when you're uh, when you're that clear so Love that, Paddy. So we've got our action-orientated title. We've got action-orientated steps that are really clear on the outcome. Um, what next? Cool. So you're now going to be looking at these steps and going, okay, great. I've got clear title and they can see the clear steps to do, but is it actually ready to, to hand over? Because I know there's some nuances where you're going to make mistakes. It's like every time that I post on YouTube, I miss this one field because it's hidden away and, and YouTube's a nightmare or it's really, really important that I put this detail in. Otherwise, we're not going to have the business impact we, we expected and it's really easy to forget. So what you want to do is add in guidance under the steps, but you are not not going to write uh, the encyclopedia article under each of those steps of everything related to it. Mm -hmm. You've got to be r r laser, I was going to say razor, but definitely laser focused on... Um, on working out what are the mistakes that people will definitely make or that would be have a big business impact if I didn't add those details in and then add in just enough detail that yeah. it can be avoided and it could be a simple warning to say do not forget to do this or a, a simple uh, little bit of guidance sometimes a, a screenshot can help uh, that definitely don't go overboard there's a, a tendency to add in a screenshot for everything and, and that along with you know if you add too much guidance it, it kills the process because it starts mm -hmm. taking way too long to document it and hand it over and way too long to maintain it and keep it up to date so later on you're going to be able to it, it's not going to be a static document you're going to be able to add it if you know add in more information if if we find that there are other areas but it's almost like you want your, your default should be what's the smallest amount of additional guidance that i can uh, give mm -hmm. to achieve that goal and then you want to embed it into the into the steps. Yeah, I love that. And I think, um, as you said, the tendency is to put way too much in there. And as a, and but the impact of that 
Um, because, you know, one might look at that and just say, well, you know, what's the problem? Like, OK, so there's a bit more information than they perhaps needed. But, you know, at least at least it's there. And I think the problem is actually that it, like, it kind of goes back to when we talked to this, uh, talked the start about how this should be a tool for everyone in the organisation and right up to that business owner is the temptation is if I need to put all the detail in, this will take so long that as a result, I don't have time right now. Yep. And so that's what I see, like when, you know, the um, the business owner uh, that I, I talked to last night, um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I was thinking, do I talk about the company? And it's like, eh, given the context of what I'm sharing, I, I'll, I'll, I haven't asked permission, so I won't do that. Um, but the interesting thing was when we then talked about, OK, so, you know, in theory, and, you know, he, he knew that it was a kind of just a mental blocker, like he knows that he shouldn't really be aiming to get it all documented like create the encyclopedia but then you kind of ask well so how long is that going to take you you believe that that's an important thing it says i don't know maybe like a full week like and so on and i suspect if we had actually scoped out what he was thinking maybe it takes longer to do the whole business um and particularly at the level that he's thinking and of course then it's like well how the hell do you prioritize that like there's there's no it's very very difficult to to do that but i think that that happens at the individual checklist too you know i, I I've, I've taught um I've talked many times about a particular scenario where I was talking to a business owner where they needed to free up their time and they needed to, uh, one of the processes was uh, sending quotes uh, to customers and it was taking them 15 hours a week to do it. And I said, well, you know, and they said, look, Alexis, I, I know I should have documented it as a checklist and hand it over. Like he'd, we'd had enough conversations, he'd seen me speak at events and so on. And he said, but I just, you know, I haven't found, I haven't managed to make the time. I figure it would take me about eight hours and I just haven't found the time. And you know, I said on that call, like, we've got 45 minutes left of the call, let's see what we can do. And, and in less than 30 minutes, we've got all the high-level steps done and the key guidance in the key areas. And I think the blocker, when you make it about everything, is that suddenly it's, a, oh, that's an eight-hour task, I better put that off because it's going to take a long time to get the return investment. Rather yeah. than starting with exactly as you've set out, like, get the high-level steps in, put a little bit of guidance in. Now the whole thing is five to 30 minutes rather than hours and hours and then that becomes something it's like well the likelihood of you getting the return that investment on that time like if you're putting less than 30 minutes into creating a checklist to hand over a task hopefully you've picked something that is taking you you know more than 30 minutes over a sensible period a week two weeks a month a quarter and therefore you will get that return on investment of the time but not if not necessarily if you're putting hours and hours and hours into it and i think that's um that's really cool. So let's say, so we've got that, we've got our high level steps, we've added some guidance in where it's needed. It's not necessarily easy for the, uh, the owner to know quite how much is needed, like where, where, where to draw the line. So what do we do next? How do we, how do we get to a point where the, it's, it's going to be sufficient and, uh, uh, or even if, you know, or even if they've misjudged it, what can they do? Well, the, this is, uh, is this the most important? Yeah, I'd say the the, the title is where things uh, go wrong straight from the from the get go. But the, mm. the this final step is the one that cannot be met, uh, cannot be missed, and it is to test it and um, and then iterate on it. There's a fantastic book uh, called The Checklist uh, Manifesto. You, you'd guess that uh, me me and Alexis would like a book called Check Checklist Manifesto. Uh, it's an awesome book. It's a really light read. You can pick it up on a um, and read it on an airplane journey or a couple of hours. 
and it's all focused on on stories and it's written by um a guy who's a surgeon and he so there's loads of case studies of how they're using it in hospitals for really you know life or death moments uh, and he goes goes into industries where the, the you know the checklist that we're we're doing now uh in our white collar jobs uh, are helping us to become more efficient and grow fa- our businesses faster but he's going to places where if they get it wrong it's a complete disaster mm-hmm. and and so these industries learned about this many decades ago uh, such as you know building industry uh, making sure that you don't make any mistakes when you're putting up a skyscraper um the uh he's saying that with surgeons they actually learned it's scarily late and it is a shocker what mm-hmm. people forget to to do and they introduce these checklists but he went uh, in his own research and learned from um the uh, airline industries uh and about training their pilots and so they had this um uh, a guy working for was it british airways or one of the big airlines and they are creating checklists for what their pilots need to do when the shit hits the fan. And when the shit hits the fan and you're in an airplane and you're the pilot, it's 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 really hitting the fan. It's not a good place to be. And so they find that, you know, you have to have these super clear checklists and they have to be really short. So we're talking checklists like three steps. And I think that might have been the max three steps. But what the, the, the guy said that when, when we introduce a new checklist, the one thing that you can say with absolute certainty is that it's not, it, it, there's something wrong with it. There is something wrong with it, which will cause the person following it to, uh, you know, make a mistake, misinterpret what's required. And this is, you know, someone whose full-time job is to write checklists for people mm. who, if it goes wrong, will die along with mm. everyone else in the back of the plane. And they know it will always, always, always have some issue in it. And so, what do they do? Well, they they put it in a simulator. They see what happens. They test it with a load of people, and they go, Ah, yes. Yeah, we need to make that step way more clearer or change that wording or we forgot about the need uh, that in in this eventuality, this button is in the wrong place or whatever. And it's the same when we're trying to delegate something to a member of the team. We forget um, something which is no longer an issue for us or or doesn't pop into our mind. It might be, oh, they're going to need login details to this website or, ah, yes, uh, I'm asking you to do a a task where you, you will need some additional training in that area because you've never used that tool or, or anything else um and so you you identify those mistakes by testing it and you might do a test run yourself uh, for example we had to repurpose in your podcast one I, I did a couple of laps myself to identify things which caused me pain points and then test it with the um the the, the people who are using it and ideally you can do that with them so they get to ask the questions but number of different ways you can do that all you need to know for sure is there will be issues. So at the point where you finish writing it, it is not a done job. It's a done job when it's actually been delegated and someone's using it consistently and you no longer have to do it. For me, the uh, podcast is now a done job because after fixing three or four issues that confused the hell out of the team, it's now in a place where literally I finish doing the podcast, I tell them where the recording is and I'm done and it pops up in yeah. 20 different places and that that's where you want to get to but you've got to test and iterate. That's the, the big one. Yeah, I love that. And I think um, uh, it reminds me of a couple of things. So so one is, as you say, like doing that as soon as you've like drafted, if you like, it's draft, <laughs> uh, drafted your checklist and testing and iterating it and, um, uh, you know, sitting sitting with the person and getting them to follow it where you're not doing the doing. I think the mistake is often, oh, well, I'll show you. This is how I do it. You watch me. And instead it's like, no, no, you've created the checklist. You watch them. 
because you'll see the misunderstandings, you'll see the mistakes that they make and, and so on. You'll go, whoa, no, don't do that. And they'll go, why? And you go, oh, sorry, there should be a step in there that says first you need to do this or first you should check these things. And it's that, it's that moment where you then suddenly go, right, update the checklist. That mistake never happens. That misunderstanding that never happens. That question that you asked me, I never get asked again. And what's really powerful is that you do it immediately, but actually you can do that over time as well. So, for example, in the uh, example, um, Paddy, that you just gave there with uh, like sharing the podcast episode and repurposing and so on, um, I got a message from an uh, awesome uh, entrepreneur who's particularly really good at the way in which she uses um, uh, uh, so social media. Uh, it's a niche, uh, niche if, you're, if you're listening. Uh, thank you very much. And she sent me a message saying, oh, for your post on Instagram, um, you can make it easier to um, uh, see what's the, what's the content for the videos by putting a cover on it. Now, full disclosure, I have no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> I, I have a vague idea. I understand what a cover is and I can imagine what she's doing. But I, I don't then go, oh, uh, yes, I know how to do this. But the great thing is I can raise that as an issue and like uh, for, for the team. And it'll just get like reviewed, worked out and put into the process. And so suddenly, like that idea, even just an idea from someone who you know is is giving a good suggestion, can just feed in nicely. And so, I love that as a as a thing. I think the other thing um, that it made me think of, and when particularly in talking about some of the examples from Chat This Manifesto, is I'm often asked by business owners and their teams, is do we have to follow the checklist every time? Like, at what point do we go? Well, we kind of know how to do it. You know, I've got the experience, I've got a clever team and, and once they've done it a lot of times, don't, you know, can't I just not follow it? And um, it makes me, it makes me think I've, I've got a friend who's a, a fighter pilot and, you know, as we know, like in the airline um, industry, they're particularly uh, good at some of this stuff. And so he, he, he explained how they kind of have their, their training manual to learn how to do all the things that they need to do, the long stuff. And then they have their operational checklist of, okay, here's the things that we need to do before we take off. And the question, you know, it's like you're a really experienced uh, fighter pilot, you fly jets, you know, you do all this kind of stuff. Do you follow the checklist every time? And I'm paraphrasing, but the answer is only the times I want the plane to remain in the sky. And it's <laughs> like the uh, the answer that I now give to business owners and, and their teams when they say, do I have to follow the checklist every time? The answer is only if getting the right result matters, like only if doing it right matters. And of course, then you can sit back and go, yeah, that's probably every time then. Because making a mistake is often so painful and derailing and slow, and yet following a checklist is quick. You know, we've all been on holiday where you kind of go, oh no, I forgot, you know, I forgot swimming trunks, or I forgot this. And as a result, the derail that it creates for you, like suddenly you're not able to go jump in the pool and instead have to now go and do some searching and find a sh shop and go do that and da 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 da. da. And suddenly a half a second, like something that might have taken you an additional two seconds, <laughs> three seconds to just have a checklist of my packing list to go on holiday becomes something that's derailed your holiday by a couple of hours or more. And I, and I think that's the, that's the mindset of, of how to use it. So I, I, I love that. The testing and iterating phase, so important, exactly as you say, but it's almost a, a continuous journey, right? It's, like, it's almost like it'll, it'll never be done, done forever. 
like at the point that you're creating your checklists as PDFs or laminating or whatever, it's like, really, is that it? Have you decided that this is the best you'll ever be as a, as a business? And I think, you know, that's one of the reasons why we built our manual where you can like make changes easily and yet, you know, and yet not by accident, like you would like in Microsoft Word document or something like that. Cool. Excellent. Uh, we're coming up for time, so um, let's uh, let's do a bit of a recap and summary before we close out the episode. Uh, any other thoughts that you want to uh, cover before we uh, move to an end, Paddy? No, I think that I love the additional examples to really bring that to to life. It's such a game changer when you've got this this tool in your uh, tool belt and uh, can can start using it again and again. So, good stuff. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, so in summary, how do you create checklists that your team will love? Firstly, make sure you're using an action-orientated title and steps to make it clear both what the document's about and the scope and also what you're going to do in each of those steps. Then add guidance only where it's really needed. Don't make this an hours and hours and hours long task. You can keep it in a few minutes and get the return investment quickly. And then don't forget to test and iterate uh, so that you make sure that, uh, that your team understand it, they don't make mistakes, rather than assuming that once you've documented, it's done. Now, as our regular listeners will know, we do run a weekly webinar. It's on how to free up 15 hours a week and uh, remove the constant stress of running a business without slowing down growth. I'm going to be running it uh, the coming Wednesday at 1 p.m. UK time. Uh, please do join. You can register and find out more at www.airmanual.co forward slash webinar. And a final note for those listening on uh, LinkedIn or on our podcast, please do Share this podcast with other people that you think might find it useful. Please do uh, post comments, replies, and, of course, reviews. Taking one minute to do a review uh, of the podcast really, really helps us. helps us get more visibility, help more people, and ultimately that's what we're about so that we can help them re uh, reduce the stress of running a business, which is so important. So otherwise, until next time, have fun. Mm -hmm.